spent last week on Thomas, who is also called Thomas, and the Bible. Peter convinces the apostles that it's now okay to eat crustaceans and baptize people with foreskins because God changed his mind. The term Christian is coined and the church grows, so who's to argue? The Jews, of course. And to keep them happy, King Herod kills James and arrests Peter. God takes exception to this, frees Peter, and feeds Herod to the worms. Saul, who's now Paul, uses his new superpowers to blind bar Jesus for talking smack about his Jesus. He goes on to Antioch, where he lets everyone know that God has pretty much given up on the Jews, and it's time for a kinder, gentiler church. Old school Jews don't find this kosher, though, and chase Paul all around Judea. He eventually makes the mistake of curing a lame man, which leads to his stoning. He's only mostly dead, though, and able to continue the original Traveling Salvation show. All right, thanks for the intro, as always, to Kevin. And we are on Acts 15. That's A-X-E, Acts 15. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. That's my best joke. I just used my best material. It's all downhill from here. Sorry, uh, that was my best. That one took me a while. It took me so long to think of that I didn't, that that was all of my time. I was like, that's one joke. Oh, well. Acts 15, and certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Hmm. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas uh, and other certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. So that's this is kind of funny because it's like, uh, you know, now that the Gentiles are cool, now that it's like, well, you don't have to be Jewish. Some people were teaching, well, yeah, but you have to, you know, chop off the end of your penis. Otherwise, of course, you can't go to heaven. But now it's like, I don't know, maybe the, maybe all the rules are out the window. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenice Fen- Fen- and Samaria uh, declaring the conversion, the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great glory unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the of the church and of the apostles and the elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. But there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. Yes, mm-hmm. should we chop off the end of our penises? Mm, I know that's not actually what it is. <laughs> should we cut off our foreskins? Mm, no, we better. I like the, this idea. You have to. We have to put some thought into this. Hold on. Let's let's convene the elders. Let's get, let's find the wisest people of the time. Mm, do we need to chop off part of our penises uh, to? Whether you know to to show God that we're part of the covenant, does He need to know that? Or hmm, better better think hard on this one. I love that they have to. <laughs> I love that this is like a serious divine question. Hmm, do we need to do this? And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, "Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe." Didn't choose anyone else, just them. And God of the Gentiles. Oh, no, sorry. The Gentiles by Master Jesus. Okay, so that's saying like opening up to the Gentiles. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? I found this line very interesting. 
because he's saying like, look, we're we're letting it into the Gentiles, right? Why are we trying to make them do something that we and our ancestors couldn't even do? So that suggests like Jews weren't able to circumcise, which is kind of weird. It makes it sound like, you know, why are we putting these challenges? Why are we putting these uh, burdens on new converts that Jews weren't even able to do that, you know? So I thought that was an interesting line. I'm not totally sure exactly to what extent he meant that, but maybe it just meant like some people weren't able to follow all the customs or something. It's kind of funny. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at his first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written. After this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is... And what trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornications. Okay, so here's the thing. He's like, no, you don't have to circumcise. Here's what you have to do. Abstain from pollutions of idols, from fornications, that I don't know fornicating, and from things strangled, which is a weird thing, and from blood. So those are those weird animal you know, restrictions. Like if an animal dies a certain way, you can't eat it or something for no reason. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day, then pleased at the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas surnamed Barsabbas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and the elders and the brethren sent greeting unto the brethren, which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Cilicia, I guess. Weird. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. So it's like, oh, this wasn't authorized for them to tell you that you need to be circumcised. We didn't tell them to say that. Sorry. Sorry for all who, who have bloody dicks right now. <laughs> Sorry. No, stop. Stop with that razor blade. You don't need to do it now. Too bad. I already did. Well, put it back on. Sew it back on. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Men, they're, they're real celebrities of the uh, Christian world at this time. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if ye keep yourself... Shall, shall yourselves ye shall do well, fare ye well. So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, 
And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle, which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also to themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. And after they had tarried there a space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles, notwithstanding it pleased Silas to abide there still. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, like many others also. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas took, uh, sorry, Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark, but Paul thought not a good idea to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia. And well, there's a lot of pamphlets there. It's just pam- pamphlet town, Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. It's interesting. So it 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 references a disagreement, but it gives us no valuable information on it. It's just like, is this a lesson? Are we? What are we to learn from this disagreement? It's like if I tell you. Okay, guys, in my book of learning, here's my here's my lesson for you. This guy wanted to take this other guy, but but this other guy said nah, and then they disagreed. There's the, what do, what do you learn from that? We have no idea the reasoning, the you know, like the relationship. The we know nothing. They didn't tell us anything. Uh, and they yeah, so they went their separate ways, I guess. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. So now we're on Acts 16. Acts 16. Then he came, then came he to Derby and Lystra. Uh, I no guarantee that I'm actually pronouncing these correctly. Don't care enough to, it doesn't matter. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. The son of a certain, because like even if I pronounce them correctly, it's all, it's English correctly. It's not even really whatever the language was of the time, Aramaic or Greek. You know, like it's not. It doesn't. There isn't really a correctly for me. It doesn't matter. I don't. Who cares? Named Timotheus, a son of a certain woman, which was Jewish, which was a Jewess, <laughs> and believed, but his father was a Greek. I don't, just Jewess is a funny word to me. I don't know why. Are you a Jewess or? Uh, yeah. Anyway, a Jewess or a Jew were like a Mr. or Mrs. or something, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have gone, have to go forth with and took and circumcised him because of the Jews, which were in those quarters for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders, which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Huh, that's interesting. I totally didn't notice that the first time I read this. So when I look in the Niv, it says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So it's like, <laughs> it's funny that they're talking about Asia. Like, nah, don't go there. Sorry, you can't, 
Jesus says, no, not yet. They're not ready or something. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bolithia, but the spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Traus. And a vision appeared. It's funny how they they supposedly are talking to God, right? They're <laughs> so stupid. This is so inconsistent. They're They're in communication with God, they're prophets or whatever. But in order to find out where to go, they apparently have to do a process of elimination. It's like, well, can we go here? And then some weird force stops them. They're like, oh, I guess we can't go there. Maybe we'll go over here. And they're like, oh, no, no. I feel the weird, my, I feel a heaviness in my chest or something. They can't just ask, hey, Jesus or God or somebody, where do you want me to go? Just just send us. What What's the, this is a very indirect way <laughs> of, of getting results you want. Uh, why don't you just tell us where to go? And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Uh, there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Oh, okay. Well, eventually, I guess. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, uh, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from, loosing from Troas, we came straight course to Samarathrasia, and next day to Neapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city about the part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple. Hmm, a seller of purple, eh? Interesting. What does that mean? Oh, it turns out it's not interesting. It just means she literally sells purple cloth. <laughs> that's it. That's a, I guess that's a specific business back then. Sell uh, of purple. I, I thought it was some slang or some euphemism or like maybe, I don't know, maybe she's a prostitute. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it meant. I'm just, I thought it was something other than it literally selling purple. <laughs> How much purple can I do you for? What do I have to say to get you into this purple here? Uh, which worshiped God. So she's a believer. And I guess, I mean, she's a Christian according to this book. Hurtus, whose heart, uh, the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us saying, if ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. So she's like, if you think I'm a Christian, then come stay with me. And she constrained us. Now this is like a first person talk, I guess, account of it. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Hmm. So someone who, like a, a psychic, uh, a fake psychic. The same followed Paul and us, although possessed, so maybe real psychic, I don't know, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which shew unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And she came out the same hour. So I love how they, they wait several days. Like this person, this can, this story, I've read this a couple times and I still don't get it. Like someone who is a, a supposedly a psychic who makes money with it, just walks around saying, these are the servants of, the, of God. These are the servants of God. And after days of her saying that, they're like, look, can you shut up? And then the spirit leaves her and then it's, it's solved. So I guess it's just a lesson in don't procrastinate, you know, like, is this just don't put off to tomorrow what you could do today, you know, is that what it is? I don't know. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains were gone, 
they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers. So now that their apparent money-making psychic uh, was no more, I don't know, lost her powers, I guess. So like, why was that a bad demon? If it's a demon that gives you psychic powers, maybe that's a good demon, guys. Why do you have to cast out that demon? And brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. Uh, why? Does anyone know? So... I get uh, from from the perspective that they're the believers in Christ and they're so persecuted or whatever that that okay that makes sense. But now that I'm thinking about this, why would you take these two random people who just by word of mouth someone said, "Hey, they're teaching stuff that we're not allowed to know," and they beat them? So that's bad enough. They strip them naked and beat them, and then they go and say like, "Hey, not only are you in jail, make sure to watch them and like put them in the biggest the worst cell." And and he locks their feet in stocks. So I, I feel like this is kind of bullshit because it's obviously preparing us for like their drastic escape of some kind. But are we to believe that the, they would just randomly do this to them for no reason? Like, it doesn't make sense. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. There you go. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that prisoners had been fled. I like this guy's, uh, this guy's attitude, actually. I like that. It's, it's sad that he's kind of a victim so far because he cares about his job. He's a jailer. You know, he doesn't just clock in, clock out, you know, whatever, live for the weekend. He cares about keeping people in prison and doing his job. He's he's like, no, this is my job. This is what I do. I take pride in my work. And if my prisoners escaped, I'm going to sword myself to death. I like it. I wish more people had that attitude. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So not only will he be saved, his whole family will be saved for believing in Jesus, which seems a little weird. Uh, I don't I don't remember that being part of the rules. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. Why don't more people reference that when like, oh, my son is gay and he's going to go to hell? Like, why does no one reference this? Hey, if you believe, then your entire household is fine. I've never I've never heard anyone reference that. It's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament, the part that counts. It's kind of weird. And they spake to, uh, unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and, he was, bap- and was baptized. He and all his straight away. Okay, well, he baptized them too. So I guess that... But still, I, I assume in my hypothetical scenario that son was baptized and all that. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeant saying, let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace 
But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privily? Nay, verily. But let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they had heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And when they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia, and when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. So this is weird because, so someone says like, hey, these people you imprisoned, they're citizens. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, shoot, they're citizens? Well, now, you know, they're like being all nice to them. Well, couldn't someone have said that before? Why didn't that come up before? Was it that hard? I don't get why that was so, anyway, it's kind of weird. These stories are just, they just, I don't know. I don't believe them. <laughs> Frankly, I don't believe some of the stories I'm hearing uh, in this book. I, it's, it's crazy, I know. All right, Acts 17, the final chapter for today. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, which was, Thessalonica, oh, never mind, that's not in the movie, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures, <laughs> opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, you know the sort I'm talking about, and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar, and assorted, assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people." And when they had found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that here is another king, one Jesus. And they stumbled, and they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken the security of Jason and all other, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night into Berea, who, coming thither, went to the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Oh, good. They found the good kind of Jews, uh, I guess, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, or maybe not, bad Jews that just became Christians in, instantly, and searched scriptures daily whether those things were so. Wherefore, many of them believed, also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And they that conducted Paul brought, them, brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now, while Paul had waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him, and when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, therefore disputed he the synagogue with the Jews, and the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. This is interesting to hear. I mean, I've read, it's cool that you can read Aristotle and the Stoics, and it's a separate, you know. Separate source of this this kind of stuff. It's kind of interesting. And some said, What will this babbler say? 
Others some he seemeth other some he seem weird. He seemeth to be a settler forth of strange gods, because he's preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. See, that was a night. Nice, yeah, that was a cool place back then, I think. Then, oh, I'm sure it has it. its its disadvantages. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in templates, uh, temples, templates, made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth life to all, and breath to all things, and hath made of one blood all the nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before anointed, and bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold, silver, or stone graven by art or man's device. So he's just telling all the, the, Athen- the Athenians, <laughs> the Grecians, uh, who were pagans and stuff. He's just telling them like, nah, here's the real God, pretty much. It's not silver, stone, gold, whatever. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere where to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him, and believed, among which was Dionysius, Dionysius at the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Uh, that's the end. So I guess we'll find out what happens with that later. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the that's the end of the reading for today. Uh, interesting stuff. No, not really. No, not. <laughs> I just was trying to. Honestly, I was just trying to make conversation. Uh, I wasn't that interesting. But look, I feel like we never talk anymore. I I never uh I never know how you feel. Uh please support the show. Patreon.com slash T and the B. I'd really appreciate that. Um support the show, keep it going, make Thomas and the Quran happen someday. I'd like to thank my all time greats, John Bodley, Chris Lukowski, Marcel, Sarah McPike, Japan Dan, Katie, Stacy Sweeney, George Green, Tom, Charles Bangwiener, Tom Chambers, Brian Gearfort, Lee Primesberger, John P, Travis Peterson. Eriberto and Rob, thank you guys. From the bottom of my heart, you are the best. And I will see you next time on Thomas and the Bible.